Welcome again to another episode of Season 3 of the Evening Under Lamplight Podcasts with me, Robert Louis Abrahamson. <laughs> I've been sending out these podcasts pretty quickly over the past week or so and may be able to continue to give you three or four each week for the next few weeks. But I make no promises. And I don't want to overload anyone with too many podcasts. But the thing is, of course, the thing is that you can always just accumulate them and then listen as you please, or as you can. Today's podcast looks at Stevenson's very short fable, The Citizen and the Traveller. We had a traveller, you'll recall, in the two matches. We'll meet other travellers as we go on. This traveller, well, you'll see. I'll read the fable, and then we'll return. The Citizen and the Traveller Look around you, said the citizen. This is the largest market in the world. Oh, surely not, said the traveller. Well, perhaps not the largest, said the citizen, but much the best. Oh, you're certainly wrong there, said the traveller. I can tell you... They buried the stranger at the dusk. And that's it. Like many of the other fables, this is a little drama with a short narrative tag at the end. The citizen speaks, showing off his local market to the traveller. The traveller disagrees with the citizen's outrageous suggestion that his market is the largest in the world. The citizen then alters his claim, and instead of being the largest, he says his market is much the best. The traveller contradicts him, but his words are broken off. That's it. We're left to imagine what happens next. Up to the moment, we are told that they buried the stranger at the dusk. Another violent ending. I hadn't realised until I started doing these podcasts just how many of the fables do have violent endings. But that's part of the convention of a fable, which is allowed to be unrealistic in order to shock us out of our complacent views so that we see the world more sanely. The satire here is two-edged. First, there's the citizen, whose narrow, provincial chauvinism needs to boost his ego by claiming, and believing, that the market where he lives is the largest, or if not the largest, then the best in the world. A newcomer arrives, and the citizen shows off with pride this wonderful market. Look around you, he says, and like the reader in the fable called the reader, he cannot tolerate any kind of disagreement, especially a disagreement that deflates his ego pride. So he gets rid of the opposition by getting rid of the person who voices the contrary view. The traveller, in contrast to the provincial citizen, has seen other markets and knows perfectly well that this one is nothing very special. But what does he do? Well, what would you do? Smile to yourself and nod your head and find something polite to say about the market? Oh, it's very clever the way you have arranged all the market stalls with so much room to walk around between them. <laughs> something non-committal and sort of praising like that? But no, for all his travelling, this person, presumably a man, but we don't know for sure, this person has not learned tact, which means he has not learned how to assess the context he finds himself in and the person he's talking to. 
The citizen's ego is obviously a little frail, a little in need of boosting. But the traveller contradicts the citizen. In the name of truth, we suppose, but just telling the truth is not good enough. We have to consider whom we are talking to and to adjust how we speak to meet the situation. Nothing is black and white. And like the sick man whom the firemen had killed for being such a fool, this traveller too is killed for being such a fool. We've spoken before of the way Stevenson's minimalist style is so good at compressing a lot of meaning into a short space. And although this fable is only five lines long, there's still more to consider here. That final line, they buried the stranger at the dusk. First of all, at the dusk is an odd phrase. It's, it's not that rare, but usually, especially in Stevenson's day, it's found in a longer phrase such as at the dusk of the evening. Or we might more commonly say that they buried him at dusk. But Stevenson adds a little oddity here, at the dusk, just to jolt us before we leave the page. We'll see more of his quirks of phrasing as we read more fables. Notice, too, that it's no longer just the citizen, but they, the whole town, or many of them anyway, are in on it. They buried him at the dusk. Somehow, we're spared all the details, somehow they killed the traveller, but they waited until it was getting dark before burying him. Why is that? Were they hiding their deed from the rest of the town? Were they ashamed, after all, of what they had done? And the traveller has become, at the final line, a stranger, some other, some sort of pollutant to their community, something to get rid of without any fuss, just because he didn't agree with them. The story gets uglier the more we think about it, but it gets no less accurate about the way many of our fellow human beings behave. The fable, in its brevity, does not linger over the evil. It gives us a quick, vivid stroke and leaves us to make what we will of it. Here it is again. The Citizen and the Traveller Look round you, said the citizen. This is the largest market in the world. Oh, surely not, said the traveller. Well, perhaps not the largest, said the citizen, but much the best. Oh, you're certainly wrong there, said the traveller. I can tell you they buried the stranger at the dusk. Nothing more to add, is there? Oh, yes, I thought of one more thing. That kind of fragile ego that needs to assure itself that it is part of the best in the world can very easily slip into the attitude of I'm right and you're wrong, and from there easily slip into violence even self-justifying violence. Well, we knew that already, and we see it around us quite often, but a fable like this makes it more vivid for us. It brings it home to us in a shocking way, and the shock keeps us from settling down comfortably, and that's a good thing, isn't it? Well, we have a more subtle fable next time about someone who failed to understand someone else, in this case, a friend. See you then.